to the Stranger Still podcast. I'm Kathleen. And I'm Miles. And we are back with our 2023 character by character rewatch in which we follow the journey of our 11 favorite main characters uh, through season one through four. Stranger Things, the key ingredient is the characters. <laughs> Be sure to subscribe, share, review us on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. And we're what we're almost done here. Oh my gosh, second to last. The 10th of 11th coming out on Stranger Things Day. Yeah. It is November 6, 2023. 40 years since Will Byers went missing. Wow, 40 years on the dot? Yeah, on the dot. Of course, we didn't know about it until 2016. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I have been really excited about this uh, particular one because Will is, I mean, season four, it's like, all about the emotions with Will, and I'm just really excited about that. Ooh, okay. I'm excited to talk about that. I feel like we haven't even d- got into Will yet. Well, um, we haven't. Yeah. I mean, oh, we're I forgot, about to. Okay, we're I forgot my right intro, now. though. Can I do my intro? Oh, golly. The Here Castle go. Buyers Hiding. Now memory providing. Mike and Eleven confiding. Should he stay or should he go now? It's Will Worth the wait. Worth the wait. Well, let's begin. Let's begin. 40 years ago today. <laughs> As you say, we haven't really delved into Will. We haven't. Well, here we go. No, I, I meant that we, the colloquial way, Stranger Things, like season three and four were kind of mm. coasting with Will. I don't think it was all about Will, but we'll talk no. about that. I mean, it was like objectively he was the one who went missing. But yeah, you're right. We haven't like gone really into his character. And I personally think season five is going to be all about will like solely focused on will in season one i mean let's let's go back there we meet will he's really the MacGuffin of the season yeah wait who is mcguffin (laughs) (laughs) who is mcguffin a mcguffin is a storytelling device like an object that the plot revolves around oh yeah i mean i was just asking you know for for our listeners that that don't know (laughs) like a like a um uh, the Death Star plans in the first Star Wars. Yeah, of course. Yeah, okay. Of course. Uh, so we meet him. He's the he's good. He's honest. He's the kid in the party uh, who reveals that he rolled a three instead of a seven, or rolled a seven instead of a fifteen or whatever. And he's racing Dustin down the street, and he is taken with the dem by the demigorgon, and it's a scary first scene. Now God, we got hooked right away. Oh, for sure. When he disappears and the light goes and we get the first credits now looking back on it was the demogorgon after will specifically because now we have all this benefit of, of hindsight do you think the demogorgon was targeting will well if we had only watched season one i would have said no um the demogorgon is a predator will was simply in the wrong place at the wrong time however Knowing what we know about Vecna now, I mean, I don't know. Is it possible that Vecna sensed a troubled mind that maybe it wasn't just the Demogorgon that was drawn to Will, but like also Vecna? Yeah, because he wasn't bleeding. Like yeah. the, the, I mean, he could have when he fell off his bike. But we would have seen it, right? I mean, we, the whole point of season one is the Demogorgon is drawn to blood. Demogorgon's drawn right. to Barb from her blood. We see it dramatically in the water like it's a scene from Jaws. It's a whole plot of Nancy and Jonathan. They're cutting their palms open and stuff like that. But it doesn't come to Will for blood. 
I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but they show in that opening scene when he's going down the road, they show the no trespassing sign that's from the lab. Mm-hmm. And we also had just had that scene where the Demogorgon was out and it killed one of those guys. Yeah. So again, he could have just been in the wrong place at the wrong time. I think, yeah, I think there's kind of two opposite answers from me. I think <laughs> partly they didn't ever mean it to mean anything special when it first happened. I think we're meant to believe the Demogorgon just came out of the lab and Will's driving down a road that's near that lab and it just right. kind of comes across it. Right. But with what we've set up over season two, three, and four, I feel like this is going to be way more important. Yeah. The you connection. Think, the immediate oh, you think connection. Like, you think maybe in season five it's going to bring us back to this scene or you're I'm just saying overall? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I'm just saying overall. Okay. Some There's something that brought him there because it wasn't to do with the blood but okay let's roll through season one and really he spends the whole (laughs) the whole time in the upside down uh he does do some things he connects with uh joyce uh via the christmas lights but we don't have like a a lot of getting to know him in this season yeah we don't i mean we hear him singing the clash we see in flashbacks you know he's he's different he's in his castle buyers he's a creative you know arty kid and has problems with his dad and Lonnie and, and all the dads of, of Hawkins think he's a queer. Yeah. I mean, that, that's that's spoken about in season one among Hopper and boy and uh, the bullies. Boy, does that come into play, obviously, like later. But in season one, we did not know how significant that was going to be. Yeah, it was more like he's he's an oddball, a sweet kid yeah. who's just gone through a tough time. Yeah, we didn't know, like, just setting a building blocks for a character that's really blossomed. Yeah. But yeah, he's just, he's just in... The upside down castle buyers hanging, uh, out. hanging out until Eleven finds him. The Demogorgon gets him and he gets tubed, uh, <laughs> tubed at the library. <laughs> <laughs> Joyce and Hopper show up. They find him. They save him. They give him that that uh, CPR as Moby's. It's cool. When it's cold, I'd like to die plays. Uh, you, oh, you love that song. I love that song. And he wakes up in a hospital bed. He f- then he finds out the events of season one, basically. Finds yeah. out about Eleven and all that stuff. And yeah, he's really not part of season one. No. Uh, he's got so much, so little screen time. And in the epilogue, he, he briefly goes, with, I think it's either Thanksgiving or Christmas Day. Yeah. He's like, they're like eating dinner. He goes into the bathroom. He like flashes to the upside down for a moment, flashes back to reality, coughs up a live worm, goes down the drain, and he returns to dinner without saying anything. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> Why doesn't he say anything, Kathleen? I I mean, fear and denial, really. Like, he's this young kid who's not emotionally equipped to handle the trauma that he's been through. So I, I mean, I think it's like a natural thing. His brain is probably just, it, it cannot even confront this. Yeah. So he coughs that up in the moment. Obviously he knows something's going on, but like, he just can't, he can't go there. I, I totally agree. When I first watched it, I didn't agree. Yeah. I very much didn't. I mean, 2016 when we first watched it, even when we did the rewatch oh, podcast. Oh, yeah, you were always pissed. Say always something. Pissed. Why Will, did you not I f- say something? I felt like Will was failing his friends. He just had, never says anything. Yeah. He just lets it all go. But, you know, kind of, especially as we saw season four and the, the complex grief that Max has with Billy, yeah. this show 
and and Nancy's you know long lingering guilt about Barb. Right. This show is about like emotional stakes inside yeah. of you. Yeah. People give Stranger Things a hard time because no one dies and there's no stakes and stuff like that. But the stake is, is here. Will is frozen in PTSD. He was in the upside down for seven days, starving and freezing yeah. and hiding from a monster yeah. when he was twelve. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, you have to really fully appreciate yeah. that. And when you think about that and just how he carries that with him, all of the other stuff starts to make sense. And I just didn't get that at first. And I, I get it now. I, I, yeah. I don't know. PTSD, yeah. man. It's a it's con- real. Yeah. It's like he should tell somebody, but doesn't want to because he's not mentally equipped for it. It's a contradiction. It's very human. It's yeah. very normal. Absolutely. So let's go to season two. Where we, we learn that the kid's been calling him Zombie Boy. Yeah. And he's been going to the lab for appointments, a doctor's appointments. Yeah. I mean, talk about not being emotionally equipped, but then having to confront this every single day. Yes, exactly. And back in, you know, and they're not a great, maybe Dr. Owens has a good bedside manner, but the lab itself is not a great facility. No, no. Uh, he's having episodes where he snaps into the upside down. Right. And he has an episode in the arcade where he walks outside, he sees this big thing floating in the sky, and then he has another while they're trick-or-treating, and the big thing, what they later call the shadow monster floating in the sky, kind of comes after him with all his tentacles and stuff like that. That was a cool scene watching it for the first time. Oh, heck yeah. It's like the stakes have upped. There's something more in the upside down. Mm-hmm. But one thing I wanted to think about, we just glossed over it there, but season one to season two is a year. Yeah. And we're talking about the anniversary effect. That's what we're talking about within season two with Owens and Hopper and Joyce are talking about. What has that year been like for Will? <laughs> well, okay. We talked about him not being emotionally equipped, Equipped, right? Mm-hmm. He's essentially now famous. Everybody in the small t- yeah. town knows him as this boy that survived, like <laughs> Harry Potter. Yeah. Um, the boy who lived. Um, But, like, yeah, he goes everywhere. He's recognized. They call him zombie boy. Like, imagine going through the worst possible thing. You're trying to move forward. You can't handle the trauma that you've had. But then you have to be reminded of it Mm -hmm. every single time you walk out the door. Like, how do you move forward from that? I mean, how can even an adult move forward from that? Yeah, I I love that, too, because the kids have a hard time with it. And the way that they process it is by lashing out at him yeah <laughs> making fun of him yeah and yeah he he's i think that what i was really asking is is he is in it for that entire year like all the all the other characters had like a week and then they're like the ramifications are of oh, that week yeah, right but he's still having episodes and going through all this stuff like he, and his and, friends are moving on basically yeah i mean there there's stakes i mean mike is down bad you know about the death of 11 and stuff like that where he thinks the death is 11 but he is he and joyce are living it every day they're not talking to each other about it but they know the upside down is not gone you know joyce has got had the suspicion from day one and we always talk about how joyce is a rock star but you know we've already done that podcast yeah exactly go check it out (laughs) yeah go check it out this is our 10th one joyce is our first one go check that uh, so he's he's feeling like he's caught between two sides mm-hmm. and he gets indirect advice from Joyce's new boyfriend, <laughs> Bob Newbie, oh, who Bob. tells him about Baldo the Clown and says, face your nightmares. Go away. Go away. So Will does that to the giant shadow monster and it just 
inhabits him. It just goes into him. Joyce gets to the school, takes him home, and she's like, you got to tell me what's been going on. And then we get that fabulous scene at the table. I can't remember. I need you to try. I was on the field, and and then it it all just went blank, and and then you were there. Well, I need you to tell me the truth. I am. This is Will's turning point, basically. Up until now, I think that he's tried to shut it out all out, pretend like it's not real, but he has to face it. He's having these flashbacks. They're getting worse. His mom knows. And so he now has to face the monster, which is ironic because he the reason he's inhabited by this monster is because Bob told him to face his fears. <laughs> but I don't know. Uh, the, the other interesting thing about this is like watching this after watching all of the seasons so far, because we know that the mind flayer is Vecna now. Mm -hmm. And we know that Vecna is able to enter the minds of people in great emotional turmoil, which is usually tied to guilt and shame. But like, okay, does Vecna at this point know why he's able to inhabit Will? Because he knows in season four. So I... we don't know. We The real answer is we don't know, but I right. think he does. But Vecna doesn't really have the tools with with which he later utilizes. He can't snap people's bones. He can't really control their minds yet. He's got to learn that from from biting Eleven and, okay. and more stuff. So, so like, we'll he, he's start. a weaker version of himself. He's like, it's a beta test. He's out there. He's got control of the mind, but he's not. Vecna's not quite in control right. like he will be in season four. I mean, I don't think that he knows... At this point, I don't think he knows why he can inhabit Will's mind. I just okay. think he knows that he can. He knows Will because Will was in the Upside Down, so he's already familiar with him. Mm. And um, Will's mind is weak, but he could think it's weak because of going through the Upside Down, yeah. right? Um, There's a know. lot of interesting. stuff. Yeah, very interesting. And a lot of stuff that doesn't quite fit, which is why everyone rightly suspects this is season five. Yeah. I mean, this is God, yeah. season five. We're, mm -hmm. we're speculating. Um, yeah. So he does tell Joyce everything he knows. Uh, she draws him a bath later. He declines that bath <laughs> because he's starting to be consumed by right. what the mind flare. I call him the will flare. You know, he, he is starting to become, you know, one Fully with the thing. Controlled, yeah. What he says, he has now memories. Um, he's, he's, comforted by Mike, but he's also kind of drawing further away from everybody. Joyce says, hey, you should draw uh, what you see. Will's drawing something. He doesn't even know what he's drawing. This big map. Yeah, there's tunnels. He helps save Hopper, but as the uh, as the lab, you know, completes the saving of Hopper and is, is flamethrowing the tunnels, Will is in absolute pain because he's connected to the hive mind. So he goes to the lab, to the now memory wing of the hospital uh, <laughs> where... He says, I have an idea, Dr. Owens. I thought you were going to make me tell you what he says. <laughs> no, he and says. What does he say? <laughs> he says, I have an idea, Dr. Owens. You go. You guys go here. I know that the Mind Flayer doesn't want us to know where this is. And it turns out the Mind Flayer very much did want you to know because it was a trap. And he's, hours later, he says, I'm sorry. Why 
or when did Will become a traitor? Well, <laughs> when does he I be- mean, when does he become the Will Flayer? Poor Will, because he's not really a traitor. It's not his I fault. Know. I was being tongue in cheek. Okay. Well, I I mean, I think it's obviously after um, he uses that connection to save Hopper because Vecna doesn't realize that Will is using him until that moment that he is able to save Hopper. And he's like, wait a second. No, no, we're not going to let that happen. And then he takes more control and doesn't allow Will to make his own decisions from there on. And I, I like that this is all sort of nebulous, like the give me the controls battle between, you know, what what we thought of was an ancient mind flare, which but which is actually Vecna, you know, and will. It doesn't really matter what it was. I like that. It's not it's like a fog. Yeah. And he and he can't describe it, which is which is good because season two could have easily came out and been like, ah, it's another Dungeons and Dragons thing that the kids figure out via uh, you know, the board game, a connection to a board game. It's more complex than that. It's there's some connection here. Are we really talking about season five, aren't we? We we yeah. just don't know yeah. what the heck that is all about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and you know, oh, okay. I let's go back to Will. Well, obviously we're on Will right I'll, now. I'll allow but, it. Um, <laughs> imagine being so fully possessed that you have no control over your body. Or like what you say and how you interact to people, but being there. I mean, Will is present for it all. We know that because he taps out in Morse code. How terrifying that must be. I mean, we know it objectively, but we're so focused on like the whole storyline that I don't think that we really consider how scared Will must be in that moment. And he doesn't know really what it is. Until yeah. later when he learns about Vecna and Henry. This is the end of season four that he learns. He's like, now that I know what it is, I I get it. Because yeah. it's all a fog, like I said. So, um, yeah, you're right. It's it's freaky and it's concerning. That's why Mike says, let's put this, let's drug this little guy to sleep. <laughs> Will's life has been hell. Hell. And they they drug him. Uh they he the will will and the will flare wake up in a shed. They're hearing stories from Mike and Jonathan and Joyce about his life. And that's when Will does tap out, close gate through Morse code that Hopper writes down. And then uh, they take Will to uh, the cabin and they roast him out. The roasting of Will Byers. Uh, And he's again saved from just a traumatizing near-death experience for the second time in 12 Mm -hmm. months. Yeah, poor guy. (laughs) And this whole season two possession thing, a lot of meat on the bone and a lot of rewatch meat on the bone <laughs> having watched season four mm-hmm. how is season two different oh boy it is so different for me if, i mean all of the significant moments are now seen in a completely different way it's almost like we're watching two different shows now there is the before vecna and the after vecna if you've listened to our show from the beginning you guys know i've never liked that vecna is basically the upside down I feel like it takes away so much of the mystery of the show like the benevolent evil like what is it like that's all gone now because we know it's Vecna however that being said it does make all of these moments a lot more personal like the mind flayer taking over will the upside down spreading there's this single-minded purpose behind it now it's Vecna trying to get back to the now world and to 
create his vision of it. Yeah. I also liked it better when it was when you watch season two for the first time and you think this is like an ancient evil inside of will this other world but you know i risk of agreeing with you too much but you are my beautiful wife and i agree with you all the time thank you uh it does make it more personal when it's henry and vecna which i think has a way richer you know move forward plot yeah (laughs) completely different dynamic yeah and I really like the idea that that Vecna and or Henry or whoever the heck it is in season two is behind the scenes and ju- it's kind of like prototype. He just doesn't know what he's doing. He, it sparks, you know. He's yeah. not really good at making connections right, yet, like he right. will be after the season three bite of Eleven's ankle and eventually, <laughs> you know, getting season four really getting so going, like, I, crushing just, those bones of those teens. It made me think <laughs> of like a Chihuahua, like. Arr, arr, arr. All right, season three. One year later, the summer, a great season. Will is kind of on the sideline for this season. I mean, admittedly so. He's watching his friends grow without him. You know, Lucas is with my, uh, Lucas is with Max. Mike yeah. is with Eleven. Dustin's got Susie, <laughs> who they don't believe is real, but he's on about it a lot. And they uh, they go to the movies. He's kind of always a fifth wheel. Yeah. They're on their hike with with Dustin. Um, and Will feels the Mind Flayer return a couple times there in the movies, on the hike with Cerebro, but he doesn't say anything. What he wants instead is for him and Mike and Lucas to play Dungeons and Dragons, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and Mike and Lucas, they just don't share his enthusiasm. And he's frustrated and he, and he leaves and he has this fight with Mike in the garage that seems like it's about a little bit more than just Dungeons and Dragons. I'm not trying to be a jerk, Okay. But we're not kids anymore. I mean, what did you think, really? That we were never going to get girlfriends? That we were just going to sit in my basement all day and play games for the rest of our lives? Yeah. I guess I did. I really did. Will. Will! Will, come on! Mm. Man. We We talked about this scene from Mike's perspective. And yeah. I really enjoyed that. Now I'm excited to talk about it from, from Will's perspective. You know, worth acknowledging first. These are 14-year-old boys talking. Right. Their emotional, like, understanding of themselves is limited. And yeah. you shouldn't interpret this scene literally. What are they What are they trying to say but they just can't because they're 14-year-old idiots? Right. <laughs> I mean, God. It is so... It's so different watching this having much more of a uh, having a deeper understanding of will I feel like it hits harder for that reason having watched season four I I don't know I feel like it's a pivotal moment for him in the group in the previous two seasons the boys they're they're all friends they're all united by being different Ner- the nerdy misfits that loved D D. But now everybody else is growing up. Things are changing. Mike, Dustin, Lucas, they're having their first crushes on girls. But Will is stuck. I mean, he's not moving forward. He wants to stay in their youth. But in, And now, instead of being different together, he's different by himself. Yeah. So he's alone, basically. And like, how, how can he share that with them? I'm like, how, I don't even think that he's realizing fully what's happening at this point yet mm-hmm. either so yeah I, I i think that they he doesn't realize because they lash out at each other 
Right. Will says you could swap spit with some girl to Mike, which yeah. is he knows that hurts Mike because of Mike's, you know, devotion to Eleven and just yeah. absolute love for Eleven from the moment he met her. He knows that that's a way to hurt Mike. And Mike comes back. He brings the hammer down. He knows how to hurt Will, too, because they're so close. And he says, it's not my fault that you don't like girls. You know, they're right. they are they don't even really know what they're fighting about. And it's fear. Will Will is scared. Yeah. Where Where is the floor if he loses Mike and Lucas and Dustin and he has to do this even more alone? Like there there is a bottomless pit yeah. that is driving Will for this season and, and next season right. of what to worry about. I mean, by this age, like you're kind of starting to learn your own identity mm-hmm. and all of his friends are doing that. And and he is doing it on some level too, but it's so different than everybody else. And you, you don't have like that common ground to share with the people yeah. that you're closest with. And he he has this just sexuality thing that yeah. is just like this looming, you know, <laughs> yeah, doom. And he he might not even like realize it at this point. Mm-hmm. And he goes in the pouring rain down the street. And he goes and destroys that castle. Castle Byers representing his childhood, calling himself stupid. Lucas and Mike find him. They, and then that's when Will says, the Mind Flayer is back. Season three is a go. <laughs> Why does he destroy the castle? What what What's happening here for Will? I mean, it, I, it's symbolic, obviously. Mm-hmm. I, up until now, Will has been clinging to the safety of their childhood, basically how things were before. That's where it's safe. That's everything that he knows. But this argument with Mike, it tears that all away. He's destroying Castle Byers, but he really he's destroying that illusion he's been holding on to that, um, that everything can stay the same. He's now like, that's it. I have to move forward. I have to face all of this. Yeah. And it's the first time he does contribute some, some let's fight the upside down. He's here. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's the first time he takes any action because he is paralyzed by inaction right. for most of the, most of all four seasons, really. Right. Um, he's kind of on a ride along for the rest of season three. <laughs> they gather up 11 and Max will, yeah. he does explain the flaying and stuff like that. Uh, he's the one who has the idea that we should release. <laughs> a little well, yeah. too late for every single time he puts in any helpful <laughs> information. Like, when at the cabin, he's like, the mind flayer's here. Like, yeah, we know. Yeah, like, obviously, we can <laughs> yeah. hear him coming. And then <laughs> when he alerts them that the mind flayer is there at the star court, it's already on the roof. Yeah. He couldn't have let us know when it was on the wall. I know. <laughs> when it was climbing. Uh, but yeah, he, he does have the idea to follow Mrs. Driscoll. Uh, he does, you know, contribute. He's throwing fireworks, you know, mm-hmm. as, as part of the Battle of Stu- uh, Star Court. Uh, the day is won. The team wins. Yeah. But they lose Hopper. His mom, Joyce, is, is <laughs> distraught. And he decides, or she decides, uh, that uh, she's going to take Will and, uh, and Jonathan and Eleven. And they're going to move to California. And he just says, okay, I'm going to give up my Dungeons and Dragons materials and that's good by me. No, he's obviously <laughs> miserable. Why does he give up the Dungeons and Dragons? Well, he gives it to Erica, right? Or someone, Dustin gives it to he, Erica. Well, he puts it in the giveaway pile because he yeah. says, you know, this is going to charity, right? That's what Mike says. Okay. Um, I mean, I think D&D has become this symbol of his relationship with Mike and the others. Mm-hmm. So 
by giving away his books, everything, he is basically ensuring that he can't share that part of himself with anybody else. Thus showing how important to him his relation to Mike is. It again drives home the early part of season three when he's so upset and he wants to play Dungeons and Dragons so bad. It's not about Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. It's about all. their friendship. Yeah. Um, gosh, what a, what a sad arc Will has had. And it's not going to get too much better for season four here. Um, Hoping I, for a happy oh, ending season, for this guy. <laughs> season five Golly. is, is sh- shaping up to be also very distraught. For yeah. Me. You know, there, a lot of people on the internet say like Will Byers has been done dirty he better get a happy ending in, in season five because it has not been a no. lot of fun for this young man <laughs> <laughs> would you say it's been fun no i would not <laughs> so season four they're in california and this is will's season this is will actually i don't agree uh, i think he's kind of on the sideline okay, this season well, this two. is where he starts to we really get a deeper understanding yeah. yeah and him and 11 they're like siblings now yeah you know a year later they've barely had any interaction they have they have no interaction in season one. Season two, I think Eleven has like a quick chat over Will's like comatose body with <laughs> Joyce, and then season three, I I don't think I think they're apart pretty much the whole time as well. Maybe in the same room. Yeah, because Eleven and Mike are like so obsessed with each other. Yeah, so we we never see them. But then we come to season four. It's been nine ten months. He's you know he's a witness to her bullying by Angela, and we just see they're super close now. Yeah. I mean, I think that they've at this point they've become truly like siblings. Yeah. They've they together have left everything that they've ever known, mm. and that I mean that brings you. Um, that's basically eleven is all he has, yeah. and he's all she has. And I love that because that isn't the way it was in season one, two, and three. We kind of catch Will up. Yeah. Because season one. 11 and the, 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 the relationship between 11, Mike, Dustin, and Lucas is like the magic of the show. Right. Right. And I just I love that between season three and season four, we get this bonding yeah. of Will and 11 and you let the actors do the work. They're just siblings. Like you said, mm-hmm. when we pop in there, they say, yes, we're that's just for mom's work. You know, they're having their, even the rhythm to their yeah. confrontations when he's like, you're, why are you lying to Mike? They clearly are very close. Um, and now Will has that magic connection with Will t- or with Eleven as well. Yeah. So spring break comes. Will has finished a painting uh, that is carried around <laughs> uh, throughout the season. And the, Mike is visiting. Mike is flying from Indiana to California. And the visit goes poorly. Eleven's yeah. lying about her life in California. Will is a total third wheel, as he calls out later. Uh, Eleven makes the night worse by getting bullied i guess <laughs> or then attacking. way to go 11 Come on, 11 but it goes bad there's a whole yeah. milkshake incident and 11 gives angela a well-deserved skate attack <laughs> um and then she's arrested the next day so it's all about 11 <laughs> so really not great yeah they're put under so will mike jonathan they're all put under house arrest so will's there and that's when mike and will they have some friction you know they they have uh not been getting along the whole season. He's afraid you know, can't quite give him the painting at the airport. It's all awkward. Yeah. And Will says, you know what? We got to get out of this house arrest because the government ain't done shit for three seasons. You have saved me every single season. The government has never done anything. No. And on cue, the government shows up and machine guns the house. Yeah. What the hell? The government has not done anything. 
That sets them on their adventure. Off to Utah to uh, hang out with Susie. Off to Nevada to try and rescue Eleven. And on their way... Just a little bit of stuff happens in between here. <laughs> just a little. Uh, you know, uh, on their way to see if Eleven is still alive, Will and Mike have this conversation in the car. Iconic scene. I think I think that's a good word for it. That word gets thrown around too much, but not for here. Not for here. fall apart. Even Elle, especially Elle. These past few months, she's been so lost without you. It's just she's so different from other people. And when you're, when you're different, sometimes you feel like a mistake. But you make her feel like she's not a mistake at all, like she's better for being different. And that gives her the courage to fight on. If she was mean to you or so or I like I do suspect that he's talking about his own feelings there <laughs> and not 11s <laughs> as he is saying wow gosh <laughs> I it's hard to even make jokes after a scene yeah. that serious oh it is and it's a great like build up to it because Will is just frustrated the whole time he's a third wheel he's not getting along with Mike the way he envisioned in his head, awkward hugs at the airport. And he does need to, like, he needs to vent, and he does it here in the only way he really can, that he feels, at least. Why why does he have to do it as as Eleven? Why does he have to frame it as Eleven's feelings and not his own? Well, uh, because he's terrified. As he says in that speech, he's... He's saying it as her, but he really is afraid of losing his best friend. And if he, I mean, that is a huge possibility in the eighties being gay. Like that was not accepted. We're still looking at traditional values as being the only way. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there is serious risk and it would completely change their friendship or he feels like it would completely change their friendship because it could. And so he, he, in order for him to share at all how he feels, he has to use 11. Yeah. I think, yeah, as a, as a, you know, a, a, as a homosexual in the eighties, it's so much different than now. It, it was like openly acceptable, just bash even the idea of being gay, like in professional workplaces it was fine yeah to do that in the 80s in I mean, the 90s too yeah, i in, mean in 2004 a whole political party had a whole part of their platform where they said being gay was a choice yeah <laughs> I mean, it was so much hard i feel like that is something that people miss here why is will hiding 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 everything he legitimately feels it is possible that if he openly says he is gay, that he will never speak to any of his friends again. And he could be ostracized, I mean, publicly. Like, Probably. if it, if it yeah, became What kind public. of normal life can you have? You can't just exactly. work at an office job as a, as a gay man. I mean, this is what's going through the head of a, of a high school. He doesn't know the progress that's going to happen. But, I mean, golly, it's, it's terrifying. Again, that right. bottom, that just that, that horrible pit that is below Will and that he's always balancing over. Right. It's just insane. What a character, man. I have to say, I mean, I think you could argue that this is one of the best scenes of Stranger Things, mm-hmm. really. Um, I think you could. Also, I just, something that just gets me, I feel like a lot of people look at this scene and they think of it as like a 
a love a confession of love that he loves Mike and I do, I disagree with that vehemently in this moment I think he's trying to share about his sexual about his sexuality and with his best friend somebody he he loves friendship wise and okay yes maybe he is in love with Mike even Noah Schnapp says it the Duffer brothers say it so he he's in love with Mike but I think he's he's talking to his best friend in this moment he's not talking to the person he's in love with well and even just saying that there's so many so much contradiction and all that he is feeling all of that contradiction I agree that I don't think Will is saying that he wants Mike to reciprocate his love and dump Eleven. I mean, I think he loves exactly. He loves their their love, but that like contradiction inside of him, like what? How can he even win? What? What is he? He wants this. He wants to be with Mike, but not really in reality. Understanding, like it's all twisted up. It's all impossible. There's no like even goal for him that is is crystal clear. It's it's torture. And I don't even like I I don't even see it as him wanting to be in a relationship with Mike at all. Mm-hmm. I think above everything, he values Mike's friendship the most, more than anything. And to him, like he loves Mike and he wants Mike to be happy. So Mike is happy with Eleven, and he knows that, and he would never want to jeopardize that. Yeah, I. I mean, I I think there is, I mean, there is something in there that he would want Mike to be the shining armor, you know, like I, there is something in there, I think, but it just doesn't fit reality. Yeah. And what, what he is saying, what he is saying about Mike, you're the heart, you believe in people, you, yeah. um, you know, you make them feel like they're not different. That is true Yeah. for what Eleven feels too. Yeah. Will it like he's not lying here. It, what he says makes total sense for both of them and he yeah. knows that. Yeah, um, that's true. And that's also part of it. Will is also saying <laughs> Eleven's feelings in here. It's such a, just a god, it is a good scene. It's probably one of the just greatest dialogues in a car. I mean, the the even the bitchin scene between Hopper and Eleven, this may may have topped it. It's it's yeah. amazing. And I've you know, I gave the actor who plays Will a lot of a lot of flack, but not in season four. No, I mean God, crushing he was it in, in season four. And ironically, like he's only as a most... child did I criticize him. <laughs> God. God. <laughs> ironically, he's most afraid of telling Mike how he feels, how uh, sharing that. But in this speech, I'm saying that Mike is the heart, like you know that he knows Mike well enough mm-hmm. and we know Mike well enough that Mike is one of the few people that Will could tell. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that it would change their friendship. Do you think Will knows that? You think Will knows that he could tell Mike and not No, change? I think he's too afraid. Okay, me too. I, me too. I think he's too afraid, but I think on some level he mm. he does know Mike enough. And I think that's going to come into play. He's just not, he doesn't have the courage to say yeah. it, anything yet. And these are 15-year-old boys. Yeah. They don't have the depth of emotional yeah. intelligence that, you you know, we try to ascribe to them when we have these conversations yeah. sometimes. Uh, so Jonathan's looking in the rearview mirror and he knows. Yeah. He knows what's going he on. Knows. And he, Jonathan honestly comes to this realization. I'm like, I've been absent 
I said I was going to be here for this stuff. Check out our Mike episode. Check out our Jonathan episodes to talk about that in more depth. But mm-hmm. as they uh, come up with a plan, they so they go... They provide a ride for Eleven. She's already blown up the military. Uh, and <laughs> they, they realize their friends are in, Hawkins are in danger. They're going to have to come up with a plan. The plan is to piggyback from a pizza dough freezer. Right. <laughs> and Will's role is to stir salt into the tub. <laughs> and then he has this talk with Jonathan, which is also one of the great scenes of Stranger Things. And I honestly think one of the most important things that we need to talk about about will's character yeah i think it's um important it's important for the development of season five like we're gonna look back and they this scene this talk between will and jonathan had to happen in order for the events of season season five obviously we don't know what's gonna happen yet but we know it's gonna have something to do with will's identity with his Mm -hmm. sexuality I mean, and I, accepting that. I don't think it's any like controversial thing to say Will is probably the main character of season five. Agre- um, I fully you know, agree. Maybe that. along yeah. with Eleven. But um, this chat, when Jonathan says, you know, I'm here and you will never, nothing you can ever do will make me, well, you will never lose me, right? Yeah. It is crystal clear to Will by, you know, you could tell by the acting, which is fantastic. that Jonathan is literally saying, I know that you are gay and you won't lose me when you say something. And, and Will knows this and Will knows this. And that provides a floor that is like this whole time. Will has operated under, like he is going to say he's gay and he's going to lose everything in the whole world and be lost and alone and be riding rail cars, you know, in Wyoming as a, as an outcast, Mm -hmm. you know, and this is, he knows now one thing he will have Jonathan. Yeah. That is so powerful. And, and, and like you said, to springboard into season five, that's a character change for Will. He's got something to hold on to for sure that he knows won't change. God, I'm so excited for season five. I mean, especially seeing Noah Schnapp's acting. Like, he just played Will. Nobody else could play Will. I agree. Especially, like, okay, they started off as 11, 12-year-olds. God, the Duffer brothers really knew how to pick actors here. It's the secret sauce of Stranger Things. Child actors are so hard to hit, and they hit six Back-to-back home runs. Amazing. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, like, they could not have known. There's Mm-mm. no way they could have known that Noah Schnapps' life would mirror Will's character right, right. so similarly. Yeah. And it's also, it's that is why he plays Will so well. Mm-hmm. God, and he does. He he just plays Will so well. I, I'm calling it. He's going to win something for season five. I haven't even seen season five, and he's going to win something. Um, so... The, uh, the piggyback plan works. <laughs> Mike, it, Will's part in there is, is there's like this, tr- there's like this, uh, like cascade domino of like convey, convey your love yeah. when Eleven is like truly trapped uh, and she's like dying and they pull her out of the tub and Vecna's choking her in her, in her mind. Will says, Mike, you got to talk. You got to tell Eleven the stuff you told me. Yeah. And ultimately that gives Eleven the power to defeat Vecna. Because she gets the the fulfillment, which we'll talk about. She's our last character, so we'll talk about that. And this is kind of a meme because Mike says in there, 
that his first day meeting 11 was the best day of my life, which, by the way, 40 years ago today, was the day Will was taken by Demogorgon. The worst day of his life. Tough look for Will. (laughs) You know, God, objectively, yes, that looks so bad and like like you would think could yeah cold-blooded could make will feel terrible but you know he's not thinking that at all in this moment he knows exactly what mike means exactly i i they're a they're a triangle they love each other i love the scene you know when after the helicopter blows up in the end of of chapter eight before before all this we're talking about there is no like petty like the love triangle. Who cares a shit? Yeah. You know they. I love that's that's not what it's about for them. This is not a rom com, as I say. No, yeah, and I think, oh God, I hope that they keep that. Like you said, there's no hard feelings. There's no like tension uh, between yeah. like Mike Eleven and Will. I don't think there's jealousy there. Yeah, I don't think so there. It, they are going to be in high school in season five. I could see some some drama bubbling up here. Just, you know, something. I, I hope they stay close. I mean. They will stay close. I'm just saying. Drama. They better stay High close. school kids are dramatic, babe. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I remember the days. <laughs> uh, so they travel back to Hawkins and they learn about Vecna. They learn about Max is in a coma and so on. And, and Will says to Mike, now that I know that it is Vecna, Henry. I now understand all my experiences in season two and I know he's hurting and I know he's not dead. Yeah. Season five. What's going to happen in season five, Kathleen? God, we've already kind of talked about we it. Have. The we have the whole episode we have. I mean, we, yeah. we think Will is going to be the focal point. He is going to. Oh, ding, 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 ding. Oh, I'm, I'm getting breaking news. I believe it's the, the first snippet of the season five script. Ding, 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 Wait, ding, what? Ding, 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 ding. Yes. Today, today, the very first lines of the season five script was released by the Stranger Writers. Um, you kept that well I under did, wraps. I did because I wanted to give you a live. Oh my god! Find out. And here's here's the very first stage directions for season five. Oh my god! Get ready, Kathleen. Oh my god! The sound of cold wind, groaning trees, and dot dot dot, a child's voice singing a familiar song no that's it oh my god I mean, it's got to be will singing it's, Should I a, say, it's 100 percent. It's, it's not argyle's young argyle singing past the deutsche so is it a what is a flashback that's all oh. we know that's literally all we know i just read the oh. all the words we got my god that could mean anything like obviously we know that noah schnapps is gonna be like the center of season five schnapps wait (laughs) schnapp schnapp oops (laughs) um we know he's gonna be the focal point will is gonna be this focal point but god that could that could be anything Mm -hmm. i mean we address the time stopping in the upside down like Mm -hmm. uh, are they gonna do some crazy weird stuff of like Will somehow there still had part of his mind is there because we also talk about how Vecna, all of the people he's killed are still with him. This is live, live processing. And 11 and 11, I think is going to be the one to release that. And I think that's why Max's body is alive, but her mind's not there because Vecna has her mind and maybe Vecna still has a part of Will's mind. Oh my God. Oh my God. Everybody. Seriously. I am so pumped. I Please 
I, or I, wanna, I want comments. Tell me what you think is going to happen in season five because holy crap, now I'm going down a tangent. The look on your face. Oh, heck. You got <laughs> me pumped, baby. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't wait. Okay, well, we're please join us while we uh, uncover Eleven's character with our final episode. Mm-hmm. This is the last time we're going to be checking in with you before the release of season five. So join us, get excited with us. And uh, tell me what you think. I'm sure we'll pop in in the lead up to season five. Well, trailers and stuff like that. But last time we're doing the rewatch, like our formal thing here. Um, All right. Well, I think that's great. What a good episode about Will. Super important for season five. Super excited for season five. I'm Miles. I'm Kathleen. A good night.